the Six Figure Developer Podcast, a podcast where we talk about new and exciting technologies, professional development, clean code, career advancement, and more. I'm John Calloway. I'm Clayton Hunt. And I'm John Ash. With us today is Christina Willer. Christina is currently a Principal Solution Architect at Canvas Consulting with over 15 years of experience in the industry. Christina has knowledge in SharePoint development, administration, branding, and business intelligence. Welcome, Christina. Hi, how's it going? Uh, so, Christina, uh, before we kind of jump into the meat of things, would you kind of give our audience a little introduction to yourself? You know, perhaps tell them how you got started in the industry. <laughs> okay, yes. Uh, let's see. I was born in the tech field. <laughs> 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 no, now I'm really going to show my age. Um, when I was 11, I was copying GW base or G or basic code. Can't remember which one it was out of a book using a TI-99, Texas Instruments 99, plugged into a tape deck, copying codes so my brother and I could play games. And then after that, I learned, my dad learned how to, uh, my grandfather was real big into Tandy computers and Radio Shack. So he would buy my dad Tandys and my dad would learn how to take them apart and put them back together. So that's when he learned how to build computers. And then he taught me how to build a computer when I was 13. Nice. So that was what I've done. And then I, you know, got into, taught myself how to program but I couldn't at the time, you know, I was more like a hack developer where I can make things work, but I couldn't tell you how I did it, right? <laughs> if I had to do an interview at the back then, I could well, film unless if I could sit down and code, I was good. But if you're going to ask me questions back then, forget it, you know. And then later in life, I went back to school and actually learned all the technical terms. Um, so, yeah, but uh, I've been in I have been in the IT field for a long time. So I was an old VB C Sharp developer. I've been a SQL DBA got into business intelligence, uh, business objects, all that stuff. Then one day I got thrown into SharePoint. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I think at the time it was actually called Tahoe. But yeah. And I remember my first production project was SharePoint 2001 or something and was involved in SharePoint for a very long time. And then uh, Office, I was BPOS user personally. Then I got involved in Office 365. I swore off Office 365 for about a year. Uh, when I had to deal with search and I became a, uh, I got really heavily involved in search because I got thrown on a project and normally I would have a search expert, but then that forced me to really learn search. And that's when I discovered Office 365 was not ready at that time for these big enterprise search, you know, <laughs> customers. So then uh, what actually brought me back to the cloud was Power BI. Hmm. So then Power BI brought me back to the cloud. And ever since then, you know, before I'm like, I don't want any cloud projects and now it's like oh on-prem no i just want cloud i've been through all the different you know all the different ups and downs of the cloud and i've really uh, it's amazing to see how far office 365 and and, and the power platform and, and business intelligence all that stuff has come along from when i first started with all of it so uh, what do you work on like these days what what's uh, pretty typical for you I was an independent consultant for a decade. Well, actually, just now, I, I was working on some migration projects, um, and we have an awesome dev team at Canvas, and so I've been helping them. We've been doing some 
we do a lot of uh, power apps development and, and so on. But uh, I just recently started, um, this is my second week. Last week was onboarding. I, I'm on a full-time project at Microsoft. I'm, I'm still onboarding, so I'm still wrapping my head around things, but I'm working with, uh, I'm basically now helping out, I'm the deployment um, success manager for Power Automate and Customer Insights. So that's what I'll be working on for a while. I'm really excited. Um, so I'm going to be able to see and help with these engagements with the partners and with Microsoft. So I'll be working with the Power Cat teams and the engineering team. I'm hearing a lot these days about Power Platform, Power Automate, Power This, Power That. What What is all of the power language that is happening these days? So the Power Platform consists of Power BI, Power Automate, which I still call it Flow, Apps, and Power Virtual Agents. I haven't done a lot with Power Virtual Agents yet, uh, but it's the whole, it's, it's a th- to me, so with Power Apps, I love Power Apps. That fact that you have the Power Platform and you can engage with all these connectors and say, okay, I can tie in all these different systems and build these different processes based on that. And that's what I love. And I think it's you know, a lot easier to be able to build solutions now through the Power Platform. So when, when are they going to add Azure to the front of that? It'll just be Power Azure. <laughs> Power Azure, right? <laughs> so, um, and and but this brings up another thing because one of the things, and I've seen this transition as well. Before, you had all these different services, and you're going to Teams, you're going to SharePoint, you're going to Power BI, and all that stuff. And now, since our world has turned into the Twilight Zone, what last year, 2020? That's the only way I can describe it. <laughs> um, once again, I'm dating myself. Before you had companies that were implementing Teams or learning about Teams. Well, now I think a lot more people know Teams because even if I go out to the store and I'm wearing Microsoft Teams, I get, oh, I use Teams. Oh, we use Teams at our work. And so what you're seeing now is so many, you know, since everybody, so many more people now are working from home. Um, and the product group has, has done an amazing job in being able to integrate all of these different services w- within Teams. So this is what what I've been helping people understand and becoming an advocate for is let's try to, people are living in Teams, let's try to surface all this information in Teams. So bring the Power Platform into Teams. And a lot of people aren't aware that you can do that. So I may have a Power App that I can have as an icon within Teams that they click on, or it could be a Teams tab that they go click on, fill out the form, and um, you can have uh, flows feed directly into a channel now. So that way the person approving it doesn't have to go to the actual flow service. They can just go within Teams, they get the notification, they go and approve that uh, flow directly within Teams. So what I like, I'm passionate about all of this and I think, you know, I was I was passionate about SharePoint a long time ago and I still think SharePoint's great. It has its, you know, great, you know, most people don't realize that Teams behind Teams is SharePoint. Um, One of the things I get is, well, we have Teams, can we turn off SharePoint now? So, but what I love is taking all of this and combining it together and helping improve business processes and helping people to improve their everyday work life through all the Power Platform, Teams, SharePoint, and so on. And so that's where my passion is now. But I think it's a really good opportunity because you know, SharePoint's been around for 20 years. Now you look at Teams, there's so much evolving within Teams. You've got Power Platform, so much evolving within that now. So I think that there's a great opportunity, even for developers, like Teams development is a great opportunity. And the Power Platform is a great opportunity. 
because it's still, yes, it's been around, but it hasn't been around as long as SharePoint, right? So there's so much that you can do and just build. And, and, and what the thing I'm seeing is companies are implementing teams. They're overwhelmed. They're not aware of what you can do. So that's what I'm trying to, to show is say, look, here's this use case. Let me show you what you can do. And it blows them away because they had no idea that I can have this, you know, request a team process. And someone can go and request a team directly within Teams using a Power App. And that they go to request a team, it goes through an approval process, gets approved, and then this is where Azure comes in because there is a logic app behind the scenes. But have building processes and helping educate people on learning that there's so much more that you can do with Teams and integrating the Power Platform and all these other things to help your business. That's where I am because I use Teams as a chat client. I, I use it for meetings. I use it for video calls. From time to time, maybe wire up Azure DevOps to uh, publish the results of a build pipeline, for example. Uh, I've seen some forms and, and questions and polls and things like that. You know, I'm sure there are things that I could do, power apps that I can integrate. There's all kinds of things that we can introduce into Teams, but I don't know what, what is possible. But I, I've also never really been the idea person. I usually implement others' ideas. So, so what are the things that are possible? So one of the things, um, this actually I double checked the link to make sure it works. Microsoft has released these app templates. And these app templates, you can go to aka.ms Teams app templates. And what this gives you, and you can also search, now you can Bing it, you can Google it, but Bing it. But uh, they have these app templates, which there's everything from a messaging extension to bots to, um, I think there's about nine Power Platform solutions right now. And I brought up Request a Team, and Request a Team is actually one of them. But what Microsoft's doing is looking for different business scenarios, which would be helpful for organizations, and building these templates that you can implement so you don't have to start from scratch. And so this is what I think is really nice to get into. Um, and even just deploying the request to team one, there's a great one to kind of say, oh, wow, it's to me, even if you may not, you might just want to deploy some of these app templates to see how they work. And I recommend it, even if you just want to learn how, you know, the different things that are available, is because deploying those actually helps you see what you can do. So you're not having to write an app from scratch. You're not having to write a bot from scratch. You're deploying these templates as is, but then you also, have full access to everything. You download everything from GitHub. There's full deployment instructions, so you can deploy it as is, or you can say, you know what? I love the solution, it's great, I deployed it, but now I wanna modify it to kind of fit my business needs, add some more functionality to it. So you're not starting from scratch, and then you can go in and modify it to fit your needs from everything, like I said, bot, messaging extension, power apps, and so on. So to me, I think that's what I've kind of been advocating. I think it's, and I'm seeing, more people go to that and they're like, oh, Christina, I had no idea I can do this or I really wanted this process. I didn't know Microsoft had this that I could download and implement for free. From that link, I see there's an adoption bot, there's associate insights, uh, attendance, grow your skills, HR support, icebreakers. I mean, all kinds of stuff listed here. There is. Um, and the, one of the demos I've done it's actually one of some of my favorite ones are messaging extensions, but I think that's too because I'm, you know, me being a developer. But uh, the it's called stickers, 
and it's a stickers app, but it's a messaging extension. And this is one of the first few ones that Microsoft created. And I actually like this one. And the reason being, I see a good use case behind it. Now I have demos I built on that one, but when you deploy Teams, you have everything enabled, including the fun stuff. If you go to the settings in a team now, you have the fun stuff little section there which gives all the gifts and memes and so on. But you may want to lock that down and say, you know what, I wanna disable this. I wanna allow my users to be able to post images and so on, but I wanna control that. And this is where I like the stickers app because we can say, you know what, here's our corporate approved images we're gonna allow people to post. And you can control that and say, okay, we can turn off the fun other functionality, so the fun stuff, right? And have our own fun stuff. And uh, so that to me is a good use case. And when I demo that, that's where I see people going, oh yeah, this is, I really like this idea. Cause they either turn it all off and then not realize that they can use this. Or you might, you know, and not saying you have to do that for everything, but you might have specific teams, even teams with external guest access where you want to lock it down more. So I, I think they've, Microsoft, like I said, has done a very good job on thinking through some different use cases. And they're also open to hearing feedback. They want, people to come back and say, you know what, here's a use case that I would love to see an app template for. So, and you're gonna see it grow because there was only about three or four and now there's a lot more. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now, there's a whole lot more. So my company is the reason why I can't search for poop in Giphy. <laughs> I can search, I, I, I guess they didn't put the keywords in good enough because I can search for poo, but I can't search for poop. That's pretty funny. <laughs> We've got, we've got, you know, like dev group chats that are normally a bit more loosey goosey than, than your typical business team stuff. So, you know, the giffies, they do fly. I just clicked on one of the GitHub repos of, of one of the random templates that was listed in the site there. And it, it brought me to a uh, office dev Microsoft Teams apps training, uh, training app template. And it looks like the, the language of choice in this one is JavaScript. Are all of the templates JavaScript at that point? Can we write our own? What, where would we get started? Well, which one did you click on? Uh, let me see. You got me wondering now. Uh, it was training Get It On GitHub. That is a new one, and that is a messaging extension. Oh, let's see here. Yeah, that's a Teams messaging extension. So this is so the way that messaging extensions are built and this is where i think it's good uh, to go and kind of dive into um just kind of the teams dev framework because then you'll help understand okay this is what the this is the technology behind messaging extensions this is the technology behind bots right and then power platform and so on but um you know everything's client-side scripting now right pretty much because you're not doing server you know I was a hardcore server-side developer, so getting off of Farm Solutions was a big struggle for me at first because I was used to server-side code. In SharePoint, I was used to I was used to just being able to whip stuff up quickly, right? And not having to deal, let's just say it worked. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. And uh, I loved building um, event receivers. I loved writing event receivers. And so the thing, though, is you have these client tools now. You have Teams. Yes, you have a desktop app, but everything is still cloud-based. Everything is still, you know, you're not doing server-side code anymore. So messaging extensions are built. All this stuff, a lot of it's built off JavaScript. Yeah, I noticed uh, in the package.json for that one, there is a reference to jQuery version 3.5.1. So uh, a relatively newer instance of jQuery, but... Uh... 
That's this the first is, time. You know what? To be honest, this is the first one I've seen. Um, cause I don't, the other ones I use, I, or the, it depends on what the actual app template is doing, but this, I have to look into this one. This is a different one. This is a new one that I haven't seen. So some of the other ones that you deployed, not everything's, this is the first one to hear of that. I, I heard that actually has jQuery running in it. Do you have a favorite on this list or do you have a go-to that clients are often requesting or, or utilizing? Request a team. That's okay. a big one because, and that's a power, that's a power um, platform solution. Biggest complaints I have with people right now in organization in teams is the concern of, we don't want to just allow everyone to be able to create a team, but we also don't want to lock it down so hard that nobody can create a team. So this is governance has been a very important thing right now. And the biggest questions I've been asked is how can we, can, is there a process we can build um, for allowing people to request to have a team created? And of course, yes, you can go and create your own solution, but Microsoft has a very good app template right there that you can deploy that leverages a Power App, a Flow, and Azure extensions. And so what happens is you would deploy it, and there's a SharePoint, actually a SharePoint too, you have a SharePoint list that's going to um, basically be your data store for that Power App. And so the process, and it's all built, like I deployed this, I didn't change anything, and it works beautifully. And so what it is, is that someone can go in and request a team. And so they'll request a team, they'll put in a name, and then they'll check the availability. That when they check the availability, a flow is going to kick off to determine and see if that's actually available or not. And then if it is, it'll go through a process that it's going to go through and say, okay, yep, it's available. They go through the process, decide if they want to do blank or choose from a template, and then they submit that request. And then I have another team's uh, team with the channel just for the approvers and the admins and that they can go in and see their, that all the requests that come in and decide to approve or reject it. Then if they approve the team to be created, then there's a logic app that runs uh, in Azure to actually build the team based upon that request that came in. And so that by default, and when you deploy that, there's full-blown instructions on that and that logic app actually is on a scheduled time. So right now, by default, it's scheduled to check every hour, but you can change that. And then once that process runs or the logic app runs, it takes about five and a half minutes to create the team. But I've tested it. It works beautiful. So to me, that's one thing I've been recommending um, organizations use. And then so far, everybody's loving it because it's helping them lock down, you know, so that they can go through an approval process for a team to be created. What are the moving pieces involved with getting all of that orchestration to work in concert? Do you get access to all of those bits or is it just a matter of wiring up the processes that Microsoft has already released for consumption? So no, you get the, all the bits. So what happens is when you go, like for this example, I'm on the um, the page for the Teams app templates. I'm looking at the request to Team 1 and then you'll have a link for each one of these that will uh, have a link, get it on GitHub. And so when you click to get it on GitHub, what it's going to give you there is all where you can download all the files for the deployment. And in this case, um, this is a power app. So uh, we, you also have documentation and then there's a link for a deployment guide. And on the deployment guide is where you're going to have all the steps to do the deployment. And every deployment is going to be different depending upon what you're deploying, right? This one, of course, is a power app and a SharePoint list and so on. And so it walks you through all the steps to get it deployed in your own tenant. So you have everything. I have the Power App. I have the Flow. I have the, the Azure functions. I have everything. So it's in my own tenant. So I have the bits. That's it, right? 
And so that's what they're providing for you. For like a messaging extension, you're deploying that, I have that running in my own Azure tenant. So it's basically saying, here's the solution for you. Here's the deployment guide, have at it. So it looks like there's an, another one called building access. So should we find ourselves going back into offices and, and such, yeah. is that what this this app would be used for? Yes. And actually, this is a very, very good app. And I, I think I've built a demo on this one as well or deployed it and tested it. Um, now, this doesn't really apply for me because I'm work from home and um, always have been work from home before everybody else did. Um, but I would go on site right at Microsoft or my employer and so on. Um, but this is exactly what this app is intended for. So this app is for building access to a couple of things. What you can do is set up uh, your different floors, your different, you know, you, you can form it based upon your needs, right? Of saying, okay, here's how many floors we have. Here's, you set up your office, whatever you, however your structure is. And then how many max people you are gonna allow on that floor, right? So, right, because of COVID now, you're not allowing all the max capacity, right, that you normally would. So then you can control that and say, okay, we've got this um, building access app here where you can go in and say, I, I, I need to go in the building at this time and I wanna be able to go. So then you can control how many people and have, you know, validate their access and, and approve it and so on. Cool. So, so let's say you found one of these templates that really sort of fit a need and you pulled it down and maybe made some modifications to it and now you've got it out to your, to your whole team and whatnot. What's the sort of, what's the story for now I need to make a fix, a bug that I released because we're custom developers, you know, we, we, we do those as much as release features and, um, you know, and we need to push out that bug. So what's the like, like automated deployment story or am I having to like contact everyone in the team to like, how, how do I get that new version out? So it depends on what app you're deploying. Okay. Really depends. If you're doing a mess, if you're doing anything on the team's dev side, like a bot or messaging extension and stuff, right? You're just dealing with that from the tenant level. But if you're doing a power app, depends on what, how you're doing it, right? Let's say you take this power app and then you say distribute it out. So you might have want it in five, just an example, five different tenants, or you have five different versions of the power app, right? It's a little bit of a different process, but then what I might do is you might want to create that as a solution. So it honestly, it's kind of a case by case in determining based upon what solution you're deploying. Okay. Now, you yeah. could also run into issues with deploying some of these app templates. And if you do, because as you know, APIs change, Azure, oh, lots mm -hmm. of stuff change, oh, right? Yeah. So if you do run into an issue, um, raise like if like, let's say you're deploying the building access, you run into a problem, because they're all in GitHub repos, just raise the issue for that specific template in GitHub. And the product group is monitoring that so they can resolve the issues. So like, let's say I, like on for one of those like really client side, client heavy, is there, a, is there a smooth process for that? Or is that like, how difficult is that? You could run into some issues. Okay, okay. And it's just, and that's the thing. I mean, any type of deployment, even if you developed your own custom app, you're still going to run into the same yeah. deployment issues yep. because it's a limitation of the actual technology, right? Power Platform, you have issues. I have issues trying to go from one tenant to another, but that's kind of some of the limitation within the platform itself, right? Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and I will tell you, the product group's also working on helping improve all of that processes and so on. But any headache that you've already, like, for example, Power Platform and Power Apps, any headache you already been dealing with on creating your own apps, chances are you're going to deal with it with these two because it's still part of the platform. Got it. But okay. like I said, that's where you address it. 
and so on. But let's say if you actually just have an issue with the app itself that has nothing to do, then that's where you can raise the issue on GitHub. Okay, okay, that makes sense. If a company or or an individual uh, at a company had never messed with any of these any of these power apps, and they wanted to kind of like a, a soft introduction, is there a good one that has a simple flow to to add it in and kind of start to play with, or are they all the same? Actually, what I would recommend if somebody's if a company's new to Power Platform and new to Power Apps and so on, I would recommend them just getting familiar with Power Apps in general because you can go and create a new Power App from a template, and that's what I recommend. I said, you know what, get comfortable with the templates that are there when you go create a new Power App. Mm-hmm. That's where I would recommend people start with before they even try to touch any of these app templates, so that they can just get comfortable with the platform. And same with with Flow, right? Power Automate. Just kind of get comfortable with it there. And Microsoft has also done a really good job um, with their guided learning. You know, if you go to to the Power Apps, you've got documentation and guided learning. You go to Power Automate, you have the same thing. So a- along those lines, um, we obviously come from a pretty like custom development background. Where's the sort of um, line? There can be a lot of sometimes animosity, I think, between the low code, no code solutions and the like, we can do everything with our bits and ones and zeros, right? Um, where's the good space for doing doing something with Power Apps versus saying, okay, and where do you go too much uh, when you, you know, what, what's the problem space that, that, that becomes too much? Uh, and then you say, okay, no, we have to do something custom development. Well, and I never thought I would say this because I was a custom developer for a long time. I've always been this type of person, especially when I was having to approach projects with SharePoint is saying, okay, what can we do out of the box and what do we have to customize and map to that? Where I had some other people, you know, other developers that were all about writing custom code no matter what. Well, I've seen it where back in my old days where people would write a custom web part for a web part that already existed, they just weren't aware of it, right? right? Yep. So from the coding standpoint, I think it depends on the need. Mm. Now, I wouldn't try to over-engineer a power app. I would say, okay, what what is the solution that needs to be created? What are our options? It could be a scenario where you have some part of a solution where you have a power app as part of that solution, but it's okay. not the overall. Okay. So then your power app could actually have part of the process and maybe it kicks off a flow and then maybe a flow or the power app then goes and kicks off a logic app or an Azure function or something like that, right? So, or even calls a web service, a little custom web service you have. And it's just putting all these pieces together and, and to build that overall solution. And that's, I think that's why I like being a solution architect because I just love <laughs> fitting all the pieces of the puzzle. But then what I've seen is where, and I get why people do this because they're working within either their skill sets or what they have within their team. And I've seen it and I've learned the hard way too, where over-engineered a power app, right? Do it once and you'll never do it again. <laughs> and and it's the thing is saying, okay, and that's what I've seen people do where they're trying to do too much. And it's like, no, 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 let's take a step back. Look at what you're trying to build and see what other pieces we can put together in this to make it the overall solution work. And if you're gonna start doing extremely complex stuff in power apps, might be better off as a custom web app. Yeah. When you have a hammer, everything's a nail, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, I will tell you, I do like being able to write a power app to do certain things. It's like, yeah, I can write a web application to do this, but why? If I can just mm. have this piece of it in a power app and then maybe have another side of it be the actual web application. 
Yeah. So how I, I know I guess that's sort of what we're trying to do right now. But like, uh, I, I guess, how can developers get more exposure to those sort of tools? Because obviously, the more tools we can have in our tool belt, the more times we can actually bring the right tool to the job. Right. And um, sort of like you're saying, solution architect, the right solution in that in that moment. So do you have any ideas on like how, how developers can sort of get that get the, get more of those tooling, that tooling? Guided learning, training, really. Yeah training. Training is going to be your best bet. Just getting hands-on. And and it's more of, here's what I challenge developers to do. is saying, okay, maybe you already have an existing solution and maybe you're not going to re-architect it, but you could use that as an example saying, okay, we have this web application here, but I wonder if I can do this a little differently. And then maybe take that as an example and say, okay, I'm going to try to build this part of functionality in a power app. Mm-hmm. I'm going to build that in the power up and, and, and flow and see if I can make that work. And I've seen that happen to where developers will go that approach and go, wow, this is actually pretty cool. Now you're going to have headaches. I'm not going to lie. You are going to have headaches as a developer. You will, right? Because, um, I mean, it's expression. You're using expressions. You are putting <laughs> right, logic right. in there. If you've worked with, you know, uh, there will be some headaches. But there's also, to me, I, I, I actually enjoy it. and. Um, I do now and the things that you can do. So that's my challenge. Take a solution you already have and, and even just as a pet project. So you know what? I want to learn this. You're either going to hate it or going to love it. Or you might go kicking and screaming in the beginning, but then you might embrace it afterwards because you might start to build something and realize, I actually do see a good use case for this. And here's mm. why. Yeah, it seems like we've been decomposing what we've been working on for the past 15 or 20 years. We started with a software development lifecycle that consisted of 20 weeks for a project in, in a waterfall methodology. Uh, we, we started with the monolith, then we started breaking apart microservices, then we've we've started looking into things like Azure Functions for one-off executions and things like that. So maybe this is just further decomposing that monolithic application into little features here and there that can be quickly spun up and delivered in new and interesting ways. So, you know, and I, I was, I grew up in the waterfall approach, right? Because I'd be in the old school dev that I was. And then once I had, what's well, agile? What's this? What, what do you mean agile, right? That was a shift for me. But I was forced to go an agile method once I started getting into SharePoint development because that's what you had to do or you never were going to get a project done. You can't, you cannot do waterfall with, with SharePoint dev. And I, I see the same thing with Teams dev and things like that with the cloud, with the ever evolving cloud. It's just a whole different mindset and approach now, but that's how I look at it. And I still, I love custom coding. Um, I remember teaching, ooh, teaching myself Angular, which was Angular 2. Sorry. That was, <laughs> you know, I remember my friend AC told, I, I, I reached out and said, look, I took over this project. I do not know Angular. What are my options? I'm like, it's written in AngularJS, but I see that there's Angular 2. Do I learn that? Rewrite it? Do I learn this? What do I do? He, we, he confirmed what I felt, but then he said, Christina, it's going to take you about a week to wrap your head around it. Yep. Took about a week. A week of long days, long nights, wrapping my head. I can't tell you how many times I rewrote. Oh, look. Oh, I can do it this way. Oh, I can do that. But uh, but yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was interesting. I <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually really am enjoying the Teams dev stuff. And, and as developers, I recommend diving into the bots. Look, start diving into the messaging extensions because they're actually pretty fun. They really are fun, I think. So for our listeners who really 
you know, got excited about this and, and are kind of interested in, uh, I know we've mentioned the um, Teams app templates space, but are there any other resources that you would call out to people that are trying to trying to get started and trying to sort of learn about that? Like I said, going on to the, you know, I wouldn't say this a long time ago because, you know, if you didn't have all that documentation, but even when you just, if you go to the Teams app templates, the aka.ms slash Teams app templates, when it takes you to the page on the left-hand side, you're going to have all these references here. And this is all the stuff for the Teams dev, um, but you can go in. It's like the Office Dev Center. That's where I recommend people go to. And that's where this documentation is. But if you start there and you start drilling your way in, you're going to see all this stuff. So depends on what you want to learn or, or, or get involved in, right? Um, but the like I said, Microsoft's done a phenomenal job on the documentation and they're keeping it up to date. So I'm finding people are, are doing really well learning that way. Excellent. I don't know about you, but that, I was always a self-taught developer, like mm-hmm. I said. and I, I like being hands-on and seeing things. So the other thing you, uh, you can do too, and I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but you can sign up for the Office, or now it's Microsoft, the Microsoft 365 Developer Program. And I have many of them. You can you tie it to uh, an email account. So you might, I have a couple different developer tenants based upon different uh, scenarios or customers or things like that. But it basically becomes a sandbox environment for you. Uh, you get 25 E5 licenses on that. It's renewable every 90 days. As long as you're actively using it, then it will auto renew. Mm. But if you don't stop using it, then it will actually expire. But that's what I use um, to test, to basically play around so I'm not affecting any production environments. Um, And the other thing you can do too is there's a Power Apps community plan that you can tack onto that. And you just search for that. I'll try to get the links for that. But I can, you can tack that onto it as well. So then that will give you uh, you basically get all the features as, um, you know, I still call it CDS. Sorry, I still call it CDS. <laughs> but you get all the features that you get would get with the plan too. The only thing you can't do is share. So that's what I'd recommend to people too, saying, hey, you not want to fully, like even just developers learning, sign up for all that stuff. And then that could be your sandbox environment to play around and learn in. What has been helpful in your career that you might share with those just getting started or those looking to level up their own careers? Networking. Networking has been key. And, you know, getting involved, um, speaking was actually speaking was one of the things for me. Um, I'll never forget when I did my first free SharePoint Saturday and I was nervous and shaky and all this stuff. And, you know, I, looking back, I still laugh at that. But that's what helped me come out of my shell and, and, and do things. But for those getting, it depends on what your passion is and what you want to do. You have some people that actually want to start speaking and getting involved in events. You have others that just want to start learning how to develop and do these different things on this side, you know, learning how to do Teams Dev, learning how to work with the Power Platform and stuff. Um, Start, you know, there's a lot of, there's uh, weekly community calls. There's the Power Platform, Power Apps community call. There's the, you know, start joining in on those calls. Um, and and I, that's what I'd recommend. And I think seeing that too, there's a lot of times I can't join because I have conflicting things, but getting joining in that and seeing it is you see the passion other people have, you start connecting with people and you continue to grow. Very cool. So where can our listeners go to sort of follow you and uh, keep up with uh, whatever you're working on? Um, you can find me on Twitter, cwheeler76. Yeah, I'm giving away my age there too. I <laughs> <laughs> um, can also find me on LinkedIn and but uh, and what else? Um, canvas.com. 
Thanks, Christina. Really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. Yeah, thank you. This was good. That was Christina Wheeler. Christina is currently a Principal Solution Architect at Canvas Consulting. With over 15 years of experience in the industry, Christina has knowledge in SharePoint development, administration, branding, and business intelligence. If you like this episode, please like, rate, and review on iTunes. Find show notes, blog posts, and more at sixfiguredev.com. Catch us live each week on Twitch, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at SixFigureDev. This has been another episode of the Six Figure Developer Podcast, helping others reach their potential. I am John Calloway. I'm Clayton Hunt. And I am John Ash. Ah!